0: And welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you are brand new to the show, this podcast is all about all aspects of Magic the Gathering, from standard to commander to cube to draft to everything your heart desires when it comes to Magic the Gathering, as well as we like to have content creators to pro players on as well, and some solo episodes where you get to hear me ramble on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So Today I brought on my good buddy Mark from Life Begins at 20, the really awesome YouTube channel. Um, If you have not checked him out, go and do so. His link is in the show notes below, and be sure to like and subscribe to him. He, He does such an awesome, amazing job in terms of not just the videos he does, but the quality of videos. Their production value is insanity. Um, and it's pretty much barred none in terms of what's currently out there in terms of magic content creation on YouTube. And um, that that's saying a lot because he just does an amazing job with it. So we I brought him on today to talk about... Um, th- there is some magic, the gathering, we do talk about. Uh, we ended up talking a lot about golf, um, building computers, and Star Wars. And that there's magic, the gathering, in between in there. So don't worry. Um, it's not all about um, other topics, but... So, before we begin, uh, let me just tell you, uh, I'm scheduled to be at Grand Prix Dallas on May 4th through the 6th, I'm also going to be at Grand Prix Orlando on August 10th through the 12th, and also Grand Prix Atlanta on November 2nd through the 4th, and, um, So, can't wait to see you all there. Really excited about that. Gonna hopefully meet some of you all and play some magic with you and realize. And then the listeners will finally realize I'm not that good at the game. They're just gonna be like, well, why do you have a Magic the Gathering podcast on magic if you're not that good? Well, you know. Um, anyways, so uh, Magic with Zuby can also be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash magic on Twitter at magic Wazoobie. you can email me at mtgzuby at gmail.com uh, the podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and wherever your favorite podcast app you like to use, it's also located on there as well, there's so many of them I felt like if I were to go through the list it would be never ending during this so I just named the four most popular ones and um yeah, if you want to support the show, um, you can support Magic with Zubi on Patreon at patreon.com/slash/MagicWithZubi, and we have a new sponsor. So. Typically, I like to go into ads uh, right before the interview, but I have a new uh, sponsor here, and I haven't made my little ad commercial for them yet. But um, I would like to thank Mana Traders for sponsoring Magic with Zuby. Do you get tired of having to buy singles for Magic Online for the events or leagues you want to play in? Tired of investing in top-tier decks to stay current with the meta? What if I told you you could rent that deck instead for a low monthly cost? That's where Mana Traders comes in. For as low as $9.95 a month, you can start renting cards today on magic online mana traders is also giving my listeners a special deal where you can save 50% 15% on your first 3 months not 50 Um on when you first sign up with them uh use the coupon code mtgzuby that's m-t-g-z-u-b-y during checkout the link is in the show notes along with the coupon code below so definitely be sure to check them out uh really great group of guys there and really awesome service they provide as well um you know because like me it's i'm so you know not wanting to spend you know 500 600 bucks on a magic online deck you know to be able to play modern or legacy whereas because i play more paper magic than anything where i just spent you know a grand on my modern deck i want to play it on magic online i don't like the the third party variants they have because the quality of players isn't as good but um yeah, so that's where Mana Traders comes in. I can just rent the cards I need, you know, for a low monthly cost, and then return them when I'm done. You know, because I'm not gonna, I'm not always gonna need to play that deck. You know, so definitely check them out. Um, coupon code is in the show notes below, and here are the rest of the ads. and Enjoy the episode. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face, there, chum?
1: I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive
0: too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any Magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping.
1: Wow, free shipping at
0: LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt.
0: Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh, God,
1: my house.
0: All right, so Zuby here, and I am joined by my buddy Mark from Life Begins at Twenty. Um, he was recently on the podcast about a year ago, which is pretty recent—not really that recent. But how you doing, man?
1: That's recent enough. I'm good, thank you. How are you, mate?
0: Oh, doing all right. Just um, enjoying this fine Sunday here. Um, gonna be grilling a little bit later and cleaning the garage, which is a lot of fun. What about you?
1: Uh, to be honest, the weather here has been awful. I was going to go to the driving range, didn't manage to go to the driving range, the weather was too bad, but it's literally going to be a case of, wait for the Masters to come on, sit down and just watch it until the finish. I can't <laughs> wait. The final round is going to be so good. So many good players right up there, and I'm just like so excited for it.
0: I oh, don't know, that's awesome. Um, yeah, you and I, I think, were chatting what a couple days ago that I finally went to the driving range again, and yeah. like... Over ten years, and um, <laughs> it, it, it's weird because, like, you and I have talked about this before. I played a lot of golf when I was young. My grandpa yeah. owned part of a golf course, so he'd take me every summer. Like, we'd go almost every weekend, and then oh, I lived great. behind a golf course for a little while. And and during the summer, I would go out to the golf course, you know, sneak onto it yeah. a, every <laughs> afternoon after they closed, and just play like four to five holes. And, um, dude, oh,
1: that's the dream right there.
0: Oh, yes, yes, because I'd make sure I'd, I wasn't close to the clubhouse or anything because <laughs> you, you don't know if anybody's still there or the ranger is, you know, driving around in the golf course. Um, no, definitely. So uh, j- just bringing up the going back to the driving range, it's weird how everything just starts coming back to you where, um, you know, your swing and how to position the club and position yourself and all that, you know.
1: Oh I know it's been it's been phenomenal. I mean I've been going to the driving range, we've got top golf over here as well and we kind of go do that every so often. I think I played Lich about five or six times last year just going to the driving range. Haven't been yeah. on the golf course for like a year and a half. So I was like, for my birthday, we went, okay, I'm going to get a new set of clubs, custom fit everything and That's all that kind awesome. of stuff, which I was really <laughs> excited about because my clubs were like nine years old. I bought, I saved up all my money while I was at university just to go and buy my last set of clubs. So I was really excited about getting all this stuff done. So we got a tailor-made fitting that my partner um, organized for me. And I've gained 15 yards with the driver, so I'm now hitting like awesome. 280, 285 carry going out there with 300. I'm just like, this is great. Wow. So I can't wait to get on the golf course.
0: Yeah, when um I was at the driving range top golf, I, I didn't I didn't realize they were international. Um yeah. but that's really cool. Dude, it, isn't that place really freaking awesome in terms oh, of All is
1: is perfect. I mean, my partner we I would never have gotten interested into golf if that top golf didn't exist. I mean, it's like ten pin bowling on a yeah. driving range you can be a sh- you know you can be absolutely awful yeah. but you can still get points and it's great so we put her we put her with my old clubs that i had to my old driving yeah. model three wood which unfortunately are extra stiff shafts and in men so it's like you've got problems to start off with but we changed the lofts for it so we gave her a lot more loft and closed the club fester and she was hitting some fantastic shots and she got a little smile on her face I'm like yep yeah, you're now hooked to golf i'm happy now oh so yeah we'll get those clubs
0: Oh yeah, dude. It's when we first went to Top Golf and I, I just went there for a work event because mm. I had to sit through some, you know, people selling stuff and then, you know, it's then oh go play some golf and I'm like, Yeah, sure, I'll I'll sit through an hour of people trying to sell me stuff just to play some perfect, golf for free. Um, or and it's I've never been there before, like, it looked so fancy, and I'm just like, it's basically a restaurant mixed in with a driving range, and... Yeah,
1: I mean, you got the people bringing your food to your driving bag, you know, drinks and stuff (laughs) it's just just so nice and casual you get to have a bit of a laugh, but I mean, I, you know, I, I play off six and my partner is a complete novice and it's just like, well, we can still still compete against each other. And yeah, that's the that's the that's the fun part of it.
0: Yeah, it, it's cool because I, I don't know about over in England, but um it's he, here in Florida. You know, Florida is a really prime spot with a lot of golf courses. We've got mm. a lot of good golf courses, but oh, the driving do. ranges Is just like oh, you just go to a field and you're getting blasted with the sun. There's no shade, and it's like oh, just you know, suck it up and suffer. And then you go to Top Golf, and it's like oh my god, this is there's shade
1: and there's there's (laughs) fans blowing on you. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah, we've got the we have the opposite. We have the shade. We've also got heaters on us because it gets cold. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, but um, yeah. So this is golfing with Zuby. Um, yep. <laughs> it's, uh, so I, have actually looked at my, my old clubs cause I've had the same clubs since I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, oh, wow. whenever I got them and, um, I'm missing my three wood somehow. Oh, okay. So I've just got my one wood. So I I actually wanted to try to go to the driving range yesterday, but it started raining cause it's mm-hmm. Florida. And yeah. when it, when it rains, it's like hurricane force rain <laughs> for like 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, and then you're just like, oh, okay. Well, there's about ten inches of water. This is great. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, <today."
0: laughs> but um, yeah. So besides that, um, how, what have you, whatever, what else? I can't talk this morning for some reason. What else have you been up to, man?
1: Uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean, uh, other than that, with that and work, I've done collaborations recently with Matt from Total NCG. I know you've had on the podcast very recently. Uh, they've been good fun. It's been nice to actually you know, sit down and chat to a player and actually play some Paper Magic, which was really good fun. So we got the Challenger decks from Wizards that sent us uh, the moment over early. We had one on his channel, which I think was Second Sun Control versus Counter Surge, which was good fun. I think that was the slightly fairer (laughs) game. Yes, (laughs) yes. And then for the most recent one, again, we saw him recently, was the Hazoret Aggro deck versus um, the Vehicle Rush deck. Again, they're they're good fun decks for the price that they are. And I mean, the Hazoret one's just going to fly off the shelf because they're so good. Oh, yeah, for sure. it was nice to, you know, do something a little bit different with the editing and I could have three have three cameras set up, try and make paper magic gameplay on YouTube a little bit more interesting. We're never gonna be game nights. I know that for a fact because they, you know, they've got a full on production setup going on. But oh, if we yeah. could just been like the early setup of game nights, just guys sitting <laughs> around the table, the graphics going on the screen and well edited and all that kind of stuff. It was just like I was I'm hoping that this might end up taking off and people just bringing people in but the most important part was that i'm actually enjoying it again because yeah. it got to a point with with youtube I was just like i'm not seeing the results here i'm not the amount of effort and time i'm putting in i was getting burnt out oh and yeah i was just like no i need to step back i need to be able to you know put my miniatures together for my warhammer and paint some models or go and play golf or play some world of warcraft or whatever and just try and enjoy myself a little bit
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you and I have talked about content creation, how you just get so burnt out. And it feels like, and I've talked about this even with Matt from Total MTG. it feels like sometimes you're just hitting your head against the wall. Like, you're, you're, you could be doing everything right in terms of content creation with YouTube or podcasting or whatever your forte is, and yet never see the results. And then you just see someone brand new jump into the scene, and they have, like, no sense of, you know production value or audio editing or video editing and it's like oh 10,000 million views you're like what the hell <laughs> yeah and i think
1: for it's been, it's been a lot for me and matt may have problem uh, different problems in the sense that because we're over in the uk i don't know where well, most of our majority of our audience is over in america and i don't yeah. know whether youtube will then push us out to go and you know see those people or not which can be slightly bit of a problem i mean we're trying our best. I mean, there's only so much you can do with tags and getting things onto yep. suggested videos and thumbnails and all this other kind of stuff. I've experimented with it. I've tried. I've watched so many videos. I've looked into all the analytics and other stuff like that. And you know, I got quite lucky recently when the Challenger decks first came out. um, uh, uh, Rudy did a video about them, and conveniently, one of my videos then became up in suggested view. So I looked up and I was like. Okay, why well, is this video getting like loads of views? And I looked through, it and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." It's come from a load of traffic. It's come from Rudy's channel, but it's not where I was hoping for. But I'm just going, oh, I'll take it. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But for early beginning people, uh, when they're first starting up on doing, you know, these the content creation, it was it, just being able to get into search makes a huge difference. For them just to be able to be found,
0: it it, it that I it think, does make a huge difference. With but I it. think
1: once you've got to that point it's just trying to keep keep it coming keep it going and yeah you know again it might depend on what the topic is that might end up putting out further so that's why me and matt have started doing these collaboration videos for doing the gameplay because we think, that might be a little bit more engaging for people to actually be interested in watching rather than me talking about what cube cards are going to work out or different cube strategies and all this other kind of stuff which might be a little bit more in-depth and won't necessarily bring people in no matter how many fancy graphics i put onto the screen and how well i make it
0: yeah you're um i i just finished um you and matt's uh collab video this morning right before i got you on here because i I watched the first one did i I thought it was a really good job but um and one of the downsides to the first one was you didn't have a game two or three with sideboard and but this new one even though it was very one-sided it was still (laughs) it was was still very (laughs) enjoyable um yeah and it's great to hear and um it it was really cool and like i said before the first one it's crazy how you know you, you and i we've been talking for what over maybe almost 2 years
1: now i think yes nearly yeah nearly 2 years now and, i've been i think i've been making content for just over 18 months so about that yeah
0: and it's crazy just like how far you know you and matt have especially come and it's um it's great to see you know people you know especially go up you know even further even though it still feels like a lot of times we're hitting our heads against the wall where we can't <laughs> get any further because like um i would and like i was so happy that i got a dominaria preview card oh, that was for incredible. that and it that was I, incredible yeah i was so happy about that and then um you know it's you know it's sort of even though it's not like maybe that big a deal because there's so many other people that get it too it's but it's oh, sort of no, it's no, sort no, of that little it, nod yeah. from wizards where it's like hey they're watching you and then when you make it onto dailymtg.com it's yeah. that's when it's like oh shit you know you're on the official magic website
1: right yeah, now it took me it took me 18 months and i finally got there with this video <laughs> it's just it's been it's been it's been It's something that, I mean, even with uh, Channel Fireball inviting us to the GPs, I think that's really helped the UK scene a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah. we're quite we're quite close anyway. For most, but for the majority of us, are in a Twitter group chat and all this other kind of stuff. But meeting Matt actually in person actually really did help to kind of go okay, well, let's actually go and sort this out because we have been talking for like months and months before. going, yeah, we'll do a collaboration. Yeah, yeah we'll do a collaboration, yeah. and then nothing ever really happened. But now it's kind of like okay, I now know he's only 15 miles down the road, so we can sort out days where because I do shifts and he works uh, he works his shifts as well. There's going to be yeah. days during the week we're both off. We can go over. We'd learned how all these videos then work, and start putting more of them together. Yeah, is, man, which is good fun. No, and, and to that's be honest, really the, cool. the editing side of it doesn't take as long on these videos as it did for all the other ones (laughs) i'm I'm sure i'm sure you've heard this
0: before but my favorite part of like when you guys do the editing is you get the little reflections of the card when you show the card and it comes up closer yeah
1: yeah i've had a few of those few of those to be perfectly honest you can do that one of two different ways one way is the non-cheating version where you actually (laughs) take the card in in after effects you flip it over And then you just chain do a gradient transparency on it, and it makes it look like it's a glass effect. The other way is in After Effects is just using Video Copilot plugin and clicking on it, and it's done for you.
0: Yeah, but But no, um,
1: they're all little little tips and tricks that come up. But that's again, that's from me spending time learning. Other bits and pieces, not just on YouTube, but how to actually make everything better. And I am quite lucky that I do it as a job, so oh, that yeah, does just help, sure. help for a bit. <laughs> although we're not even allowed those video copilot plugins, so <laughs> that's just something I get at work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just now starting to try to do some YouTube thumbnails when I upload my videos and all that. Yeah. It's um, now I mean I know my channel's never gonna be as big as yours because basically I just upload my podcast stuff and just be like, ah, oh, here you go. Because um, mm. but it's it, it's crazy um when you were talking about oh, one of the videos about the challenger decks where it shows up in Rudy's um, and how search is so important there's yeah. a Krufix commander deck tech I did maybe I think over a year ago okay. and I never even like I, I uploaded it barely got any views and then I went to check it like a month or two ago and it blew up to like 1600 views I'm like how the hell did this happen and then I go to search Krufix on um, the YouTube search and it's like the third or fourth video and I'm like how, what,
1: cool. how the hell does that happen That's it's yeah. so
0: weird when the, uh, stuff like that happens
1: I mean for me the first video that really got my channel going was the introduction to Beginner's Guide to Cube And because I'd managed to actually get it to rank, I think, third or fourth, like you just said, on the keyword phrase of MTG Cube on YouTube, which a lot of people... Well, I say a lot of people, a a reasonable number of people were searching for it because, let's face it, Cube's not exactly the biggest format in Magic. Um, And it just was the one just below the Professor's video, I think, at the time. That started trickling in views over and over again. I mean, I've done an Eclipse sleeves review back when I won the um, prize from Game Nights and they sent over a load of stuff with the Eclipse sleeves and signed playmats and all that kind of stuff so I did the review on that and that brings in like 35 views every 48 hours it's like nearly at 10,000 views in total and I'm just like okay I wasn't expecting that. But, like, no, that's cool. And that's just because of search. I mean, Buddy for me is uh, an, is a necessity. It do, just you, helps do you have to, the pro version for it? Uh, I do, yeah. I've got the one that is not the, the, the highest tier version. It's just the one that allows me to store templates and then put them, then copy them, paste them onto different bits and pieces. So, oh, like, okay. my end slate is a template, so I don't have to click on it every single time. I just say like, apply template and it does it for me. Um, oh, nice. There are versions where you can do like thumbnail testing so you can make two different thumbnails and there's like a b test them on different people to see which one people are more likely to click on and other bits and pieces like that but to be honest even the free version with just the the, the explorer uh, for the keyword explorer going seeing which tags are being searched for and which ones aren't and what be good for that's all people really need
0: yeah that's what that's what i use it for the most mm. is um for that and then you get to see you know, after you've had a video up for a little bit to see where it ranks among search with the SEO tags you put in too. Yeah. And which it's is always good really helpful.
1: At, yeah, it's always good looking at that. And I mean, there are other variants of it. But for me, the one key thing about doing that is when you've done all your tags is open up, say if you're using Chrome, open up an incognito window because it won't keep your search results on. And then you'll see where you actually are ranking. Oh, nice. I didn't think of that. Because, again, if you end up searching on YouTube with your normal browser, it keeps all your search history on it, so it will kind of sort it all out. But, yeah, I mean, the guys that I watch a lot for YouTube tips and other bits and pieces like that is Brian G. Johnson, who's been fantastic, and he's kind of grown from nothing up to, I think he's got like 18,000 subscribers, and he's shown his journey, and he's just exploding now. And the other one is Nick Nimmin. They both really do kind of talk about all the different things that you can do with tagging, uh video styles and all this other kind of stuff and it's been a really good watch but that's what people don't think about when they go you've uploaded some content they don't think about all the hours you've chucked in oh yeah only making the video but find figuring out how to make stuff better what ways you can constantly improve and and all the marketing involved too it's it it feel it got to the point where it did feel like a second job that just wasn't bringing any money in yeah "Hmm, no i know exactly
0: (laughs) what you mean man it's it i'm sort of having the attitude uh, this year to not really try to kill myself over this podcast. Yeah. Um, if I want to take a week off and not do an episode, that's what I'm gonna do. You know, yeah, no, completely it's, agree with that. And it's just, you know, like you said, this isn't my job or anything. I do this because I love the game and I love doing a podcast and mm. love talking to people such as yourself. And it's yeah, I'm just not gonna kill myself over it. if I don't feel like doing it one week. Okay, you guys aren't gonna have an episode. Oh well, sorry. I've got a hundred yeah. and something others you can listen to.
1: <laughs> oh no, exactly. I mean, I've got like like you've just said with the the number of different videos you've got. I mean, I'll just quickly pop over to my my channel, and I've got you know where are we? 183 videos that they can watch. That's I think that's yeah. more than enough content. Oh yeah, for um, sure. I mean, my like, a lot of the stuff that I quite like to have done was making sure I had a lot of evergreen content that would last a while. So like the pauper cube build along project that I've just finished off doing going through all the cards and stuff was the most recent episodes of that that was good fun because anybody could just literally start on that and they could work their way through it and be like okay I know how to build a cube now because people I remember going through when I first started I mean I watched Milo, Milo was fantastic and there was the videos from the professor and whatnot, but yeah. they didn't really explain properly. They went, okay, here's your template of you need 60 red, 60 white, 60. And, yeah. you know. and it's like, okay. And then there was like, go. And you're like, sorry, what? <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to be looking at? Am I supposed to be looking for any 60 cards? So, again, my first cube, when I first did it, I was just like, I looked on Cube Tutor, saw some other people's cubes, and you could kind of see which cards were good and which ones weren't. And you just went, yeah, yeah I'll throw these in and see what happens but it's like that's not quite how it works you've got to kind of go okay how many cards do you need to support control compared to aggro and how are you going to sort this out yeah, What exactly up types are you going to support to try and create the theme that you wanted to and that was a good fun to just going through and explaining that and seeing and i mean there's a lot of people that have responded going oh this i mean the one that i think a lot of people commented on was what size should your cube be I mean, everybody just assumes oh, 360 cards is just like yeah, yeah. That's because that's what everybody said goes to on yeah. any of the articles or topics. And I was like, well, no, 360 no, is not necessarily the best option for you if you want to play all these different variety of um, formats. Or you know, if we wanted to play a glimpse draft, for example, which is going to be, say, three or four people. You need more than 360 cards for it to, to work. You will actually want maybe 405 for a bit of variety or 450 or so on and so on and so on. It it, 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 it All these different mathematics, and I brought it all up on a list of them. And went, Man, that must have taken you ages to work out. And I was like, well, that's what calculators are for. Yeah. But yeah, no, no. That, that was really well received. Oh, yeah.
0: No, one of my favorite um, videos that you've done... Um, is the cube for two series mm. because usually I, I can't get eight people together to draft my cube. No. I, I'm lucky to get three because it's you know it, it, it around here it's so hard to get people interested in cube. I have such there's such a huge. EDH and modern community here, where people like drafting, but they rather you know draft rivals or whatever set you know is out at the time. So it's I'm like I said, I'm lucky to get two people to draft, um, three if I'm really lucky. And Mm -hmm. those Cube for Two series are probably some of my favorite videos that you've done.
1: No, I mean that that series is is one that again is is really well received. It's it's evergreen content, and to be perfectly honest, I, I know I know of someone around here that does have. Uh, Who's based where I used to live in Reading, and he has a cube group that go and do like eight man drafts all every- well, quite regularly for all the different types of cubes that he's got. But not everybody's got the availability to do that. Yeah, and like you said, if you only wanted to play a cube against two or three people, you can do that. There's plenty yep. of different options of variety to not only get you, know, you can just be like, okay, we need a quick game. Let's do some sealed or you know you want to do a Winston draft or you want to go okay we'll take it a bit longer but we want the decks to be as powerful as they would be if we we're doing a bigger draft okay we will do a glimpse draft then so you get to see loads more cards loads more pack one pick ones and you can start discarding cards and maybe you start hate drafting if you really want it to be like that you're like yeah I don't like blue let's just throw the blue cards away or whatever <laughs> but um, but yeah i mean that you've got all the variety and options to do that and i think that's what i want to to do with matt we'll, uh, with the collaboration coming forward is you kind of have the guide of how to actually play these different formats. Yeah, that'll I be actually cool. Want to, I actually want to go, okay, here is a video of doing a glimpse draft and then playing the gameplay afterwards. And do that kind of stuff with me, with myself and Matt, and we go and do that stuff. And then for his channel, we'll obviously kind of do you know the standard decks and modern yeah. and whatever, just to do other bits and pieces as well. So we've both got the content that we would what we would like. But I think people seeing those Cube for Two series actually being played out might actually make them go, oh, this looks really cool. I mean, like how many? great cards this guy picked up in his first If pick ones for all this stuff i mean this is just with my pauper cube imagine if you were playing you know with a powered cube and you've got instead of only having you know three pack ones pick ones you can actually have six and you're like oh my god i've got six chances to get some power this is gonna be great
0: oh yeah it's um th- no that i'm definitely interested in seeing um you and matt do some cube gameplay videos that'll be fun mm. um it's i'm still I've still got the one cube. I've entertained a second cube, but I'm not sure what it would be. <laughs> I know every and Matt keeps telling me, oh, do popper, do popper. And I'm like, it's like, not that I'm not interested in doing a popper cube. It's just, I don't know if that's what I, the route I want to go down. You know what no, I mean? That,
1: that's, that's fair enough. I mean, it, again, the beauty of it is that you've got so many different options. I mean, I went for pauper cube one because of the budget two pauper oh, yeah. is such a powerful format and people don't realize oh, it, it is it really is i think is. we go oh my god you're just playing with commons this is really sad it's like mate but we've got lightning bolt counterspell ponder brainstorming what's your problem um you've got so many great cards and the synergies in it i mean i could probably i could probably put a pauper deck together from the pauper cube and take on a standard deck and probably beat it That's oh just yeah kind for of how sure it is uncommon, sure. uncommon uh, cubes are good fun there's a little bit more power to them they can get quite expensive with some of the uncommons but overall they're still pretty good fun or you just go down the route of actually do you know what I fancy having a laugh let's make an uncube or you want to make a cube from a set or a block it's pretty simple to do I mean if you go okay I really enjoyed Ket, I've got most of the rares and mythics and you know you only need to get a playset of the commons two of each uncommon one of each rare and one of each mythic and you've got yourself a cube and you yeah. just kind of it just depends on what uh play style or limited environment you want to create and that's the beauty of it no no cubes are wrong because it's the, whatever environment you want to make and that's that's what I really enjoy about it
0: Oh, I know I know Jimmy my cube that I have now originally was tribal but it's starting to slowly transform into more thematic um, yeah. deck like you know I've got the one one th- you know counter theme I've got the control theme i've got reanimator theme in it yeah i've got the white is still freaking op theme that i'm really trying <laughs> to work was. on
1: <laughs> i just remember watching seeing your list for the first time and i went mate i'm just i'm just playing mono white every single time <laughs> we draft your cube oh was, yeah, was brutal it's,
0: it's um i mean it, it to be honest i haven't worked on the cube in the past few months but um it's I know the last set of changes I made to it, I think was to really make sure that the other colors have some really good kill spells to mm. be able to get rid of some of those white creatures. Um,
1: oh, for sure. I mean, that's again, for people, didn't, it wasn't explained properly in a lot of articles. It's like, okay, how many how many pieces of removal am I supposed to put in? Yeah, compared exactly. Compared to like how many pump spells or creatures? And I had someone ask me the other day, it was like, oh, what ratio do you put together for you know for white how many ratio of creatures to spells do you have and all this other kind of stuff and i was like you've just given me a great topic for a video thank you but i yeah, use your exactly. answer because exactly. you didn't get told it
0: yeah the, the one thing that's really tough with balancing a cube like um when i was designing red now I know Mm. red there's a lot of aggro with it a lot of burn but I didn't want to put too many cheap burn spells in it because then I'm thinking to myself that oh well you're just gonna get all the cheap burn and the cheap aggro spells and then just boom win all the time so Mm. even though I do have some burn in there that's a little bit more expensive than usual it's um I'm starting to find out the more that I draft it I'm like shit you kind of need that cheap burn
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you, you really do. And I think that's what may surprise, like you've just said, you surprised yourself, was the cheap burns actually really needed because as soon as, say, for example, your opponent's played a little bit of control or they start putting bigger creatures out and you're like, I can't win a race like this. I'm going to have to yeah. start removing some of their creatures and using it on that. And that's the point in time when you go, actually, I really needed these cheap lightning bolts and all this other kind of stuff just to really get in for the extra little bit of damage or to help trigger an extra prowess or something along those lines just to help you get through.
0: Yeah, and one of my favorite things about cube and I don't know if you you've probably figured this out too is you really start to learn the color pie a lot better as well too because mm. you know, you, you think you may want something in blue like um I don't know, some evasion in blue, but then you realize, oh, but blue doesn't really have a lot of that. This is more of a maybe a white or red thing. Um and it's you know, you start to learn, you know, the color pie and then and then when you start involving the multicolored, that's where things I feel get even a little bit trickier because you don't want to make even some of the guilds stronger than others, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I can I can see that, and I mean, uh, like for example, with the the pauper cube you put together, I've been quite happy with the fact that you haven't got the mo- you know the really powerful jewel lands like you do have in a unpowered or powered cube. I don't have fetches and shocks and all these other kind of stuff to. That would really make a difference at that level yeah. to make a bit more consistent consistent decks. But even then, you're kind of going okay. Like for example, with my cube that I've built up, some of the some of the you know the two color guilds have primary olds, and some of them have secondary. Some of them don't. But that's not that's just kind of more the fact that there's cards that are available to do everything. I mean, like for for example, with Azorius, you've got a blink. Um, archetype going on and you've got blue white flyers and blue white flyers really wasn't supposed to be a it's not me going okay i've pushed loads and loads of effort to make you a flyers deck it's more the fact that well there's actually quite a few flyers in blue and white you can make yourself a decent little tempo deck going on there with getting in with a bit of evasion. Then you get your Mist Raven to just kind of you know that Mold Drifter, and I think I'll get Peregrine Drake in there, even though it's banned in actual Pauper constructed, just to kind of <laughs> you know get you some cheap flyers to get you over the top there and get in for the win that way. And it's just enabling people to have multiple different ways to draft and make decks. And you've probably found as well, you've gone through and you've made your cube thinking, okay, these are the decks that could be made, and then you go, put, you know, you draft it and go i have just made this really cool deck where the hell's this come from oh
0: yeah yeah when, when you do those practice drafts on cube tutor it's yeah, yeah unfortunately like since I know white is so powerful in my cube I try really hard not to draft white yeah. in it um but like I said I think I've made some improvements where some of the other colors especially red and green can definitely hold their own against white now it's um but still it's like like You said it's just an ongoing, you know, construction of it. Yeah, but
1: that's the beauty of it. I mean, like, for example, you know, new sets are going to be coming out, Dominara is going to be coming out, and you're going, oh, what card's going to put into my cube? What's going to, what can help make a little bit of a difference? And you can just sit there and go, I can have a bit of a play. Or for me, what was Masters 25 and all the downshifts? It's like, there's 10 great cards here that I would have never have had, had, you know, had access to before. Like Savannah Lions, just straight into a pauper cube, because who doesn't want a 2-1 for one? You know, and you don't get that much in pauper or fencing aces. Uh, you know, Loyal Sentry, I think, could be really fun to have a mess around with. Jackal pup and all this other kind of stuff is just like oh, yeah. I'm so glad this is coming down. The master sets, I think, I get more excited for than the normal, yeah, you know, for the normal sure. sets now. Yeah. It's not because oh, let's see what the big expensive thing's going to be. You know, our oh, Jace has been reprinted seven million times, or you know, they've <laughs> taken Imperial Recruiter that was a two hundred pound card or two hundred dollar card that's now worth like twenty because it didn't get. He's now got print run and you're like oh okay whatever, um, yeah. Be, you know that 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 side of things doesn't bother me too much i mean yeah you've got master sets that really do need to get some stuff reprinted to help make the cost of everything cheaper but for the most part we know wizards aren't going to do that yeah i know i mean it would, would would be nice if you could just have all the dual lands back take them off the reserve list and everybody can have dual lands yeah okay
0: yeah i mean i have dual lands in my queue but they're all proxies they're yeah. re- they're really really bad fakes But that doesn't
1: doesn't really matter. I mean, even for people that want to play cube, there is no harm in literally proxying it because it's not a competitive tournament. It's just you and your friends having a bit of fun around a kitchen table. And if you want to start replacing them with real cards, you can, but I don't see the problem with it. Yeah, I I don't see myself ever
0: replacing the Duel Lands with real duels. It's going to be like, (laughs) I'm going to be playing some Legacy with these.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, for me, it was like, I remember having my old cube and I was starting to really put some expensive cards in there and I was just like... I don't play this enough to warrant having like fifteen hundred to two grand's worth of cards sitting behind oh, yeah. me. Yeah, just sitting there doing nothing. And I was just like, I could find better use for this money. Yeah, so I sold everything pretty much sold most of it off apart from cards that have been given to me because that's, you know, sentimental value there. Yeah. And I just didn't want you know, some of my subscribers are sent over its cards to me, which was absolutely mind blowingly nice of them. So I've kept them to one side and I meant I've bought a new computer to help speed up my rendering. You know, I've also sold off a load of cars when I went to a GP to help pay for other bits and pieces to, you know, a new lens to the camera and other stuff like that. And I was just like, whoa, that's better use for my money.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, Yet- the 1080 Ti was probably a bit of overkill. But- <laughs> oh,
0: dude, that's insanity. That's... um. Yeah, because I've been looking at the 1080s, and, and with this whole freaking Bitcoin mining craze, oh, they're still really expensive. Just the 1080s, not the TIs yeah. with it. Because um, I've been wanting to upgrade my video card. I've got a 970 right now, and that's even though going decent. from 970 to 1080 would be a big jump, yeah. Um, I but I started looking at the 1070s, and it there, there's increased performance and all that, but not buy that much
1: no there never, never really is to be honest I mean the, the biggest performance gain that I had was going from my old i7 I think it was the 4770k mm-hmm. way, but when I had my, built my last one which was 5 years ago or whatever it was 4 years ago I've upgraded to Horizon 1700 that's all I did. I went to the Ryzen 1700. Oh, nice. Overclocked it on Air because I got the wrong cooler at the time. So overclocked it on Air to 3.7. And my render times when I was doing any of my videos are just halved, if not better. It performs oh, well wow. enough in games for me. It does yeah. everything I need it to do. The computer does not feel sluggish. And I mean, that's a what? 100. And, I think I bought the, the processor for like 180 quid. And you're just Dude, like, that's the, cheap. The performance from it is just ridiculous. Yeah, and that, I. I, I mean, I never went. I've never been AMD before. I know when I first started building computers, when I think the i-series had just come out, and yeah. AMD had an a crazy good overclocking chip at the time. I think that was like the original Athlons, when when you had the yeah. Athlon versus the Pentiums. That was great, but no, these these Ryzen chips are. Ridiculous.
0: Dude, they are they um i just built my wife a gaming pc and i was really looking at the differences between you know the i5s or i7s cuz i was leaning more towards i5 because mm. i'm like she's she's not going to need an i7 that's going to be no. overkill for her and she's only going to literally play wow and maybe the sims um, yeah. <laughs> so so but then i started looking at the ryzen chips and i ended up getting her a ryzen 1600 i yeah. think and um
1: that's the, that's the uh six core chip isn't
0: it yeah yeah Yeah. and dude for the price of that compared to the i5s i was looking at i'm like holy crap and looking at the benchmark testings between the two i mean it's the the 1600 is still a really good chip and oh it is and then i ended up getting her i did go a little bit cheaper on the video card i got her a 1060 and still um,
1: more than good enough if you're playing a 1080p it's more than good enough
0: oh yeah yeah it's she she's just i've just got her you know two 22 inch monitors and um yeah and like i said all she does is play wow and the sims on it and that's about it and yeah, that's more than good enough for those games
1: oh definitely absolutely and to be perfectly honest just seeing ryzen doing that I Think was the reason why Intel brought their newest stuff out a bit earlier yeah. because there are so many problems with that new Intel stuff. Heat, for example, I remember when it, yeah. when the, the newest i7 came out, which was I think was it a six core, yeah, it's the six core one, and they hadn't actually soldered it so you could actually delid it, change the thermal paste on it, and companies were doing that and selling it off at higher prices because they'd go be like, well, this one can definitely get to. Four, you know, four point five, or five gigahertz. I think it's yeah. five gigahertz they were trying to get it to. But like, yeah, this one gets to four point eight, so it costs this much. But this one gets to four point nine, and it costs this much. And you're just like, you're charging nearly double for the price for the chip just because it can overclock a bit better. Yeah. Just like, but the heat was just obscene. I mean, the race by cooler on the 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 Ryzen chips, fantastic. It's a little air cooler. It's got, and I mean, the LEDs. I've got the LED RAM as well, so I'm I'm just led up. It's great. (laughs) Uh,
0: I I, I never usually, I I don't bling it out that much usually when I build my computers, but um, I will say the one thing I was surprised with Ryzen um, is I still can't believe they're still doing pins on the processor chip. I Hmm. I thought we had moved away from that like Intel has with the LGA grid array, where it's like, and, and I still don't like the pins on the chip, even though you the when you put the processor in, you have to put it in a certain way, or else it's not going to close. Yeah. I still get worried. It's like, oh crap! What if you accidentally bend a pin? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. oh That's it. That's it. No, At least with it'll the Intel,
1: it will go. And I think the thing. That I stopped, hope so. The thing that stopped me from going Intel as well was the fact that Ryzen, when they when they announced their thing, my motherboard will still work for the next generation after the one that's going to be coming. Yeah. Which made a big difference to me. Whereas Intel's, you have to keep changing your motherboard every two generations, else, you, you know, it becomes yep. um, obsolete. And you're like, what is the point? I mean, the motherboards now are yeah. pretty expensive. I mean, I think my motherboard cost more than my Ryzen chip.
0: Oh, damn. You must, uh, you must have went all out on your motherboard then. Because- I think it
1: was the Asus, the Asus board, just because they were saying it was the best for overclocking but not to go oh, obscene, but it was to, for, for reliability and I was like yeah okay yeah. I've never had issues with, with ASUS boards before and I have no problem with spending a little bit more on a motherboard just to make sure it carries on and being happy and working so that's the reason why I went for that and to be perfectly honest with Ryzen the most important thing is actually memory speed yeah so I've gone for the the G-Skill stuff that they don't mind so much on the timings but if you're getting the memory speed up and it was just I think we uh, I can't remember now, it might be 4 four gigahertz sounds about right, 4.2 I don't know, something, something obscene <laughs> yeah. um, but no I just can't believe the performance of the money Did it's, you did you great. get a
0: motherboard that has the M2 um, hard drive sockets on them?
1: I have they've got two I believe and I haven't tried them yet, I've got an SSD I mean everything else i brought over so I have my SSD and I have my old hard drive from the, the computer, all I really changed was the motherboard, the graphics card Oh, okay, processor and stuff but no m2 I, I do like the sound i like the sound of it but for me my, my normal ssd still boots the computer up in less than like six seconds why would oh, i need I kn- it to be faster
0: oh yeah no no uh, solid state drives are still going to be really good but i I've, I've tried i had a i had a work laptop um that had the m2 hard drive in it Dude, mm. it's even faster than a solid state. Just regular oh, solid imagine. state. It, it's because you don't have to worry about that SATA cable, you know. Because that, e- even though solid state's faster, but that SATA cable's still gonna have some delay, even though as small as it may be. But when yeah. it's hooked straight up into the motherboard, it's like zoom, even faster. But those M2 hard drives are still really expensive now.
1: Yeah, I think I was looking at um. I think it was a Samsung one because again, I've had sa- my Samsung SSDs work for me, so I kind of like yeah. to stay with the same company. Um, If I've had no problems with them, I stay with them, and that's generally how I end up going. And I think it was the nine, is it the nine sixty or nine forty or nine sixty uh, Pro ones? And I was just like, I don't need these speeds. I mean, yeah, it'd be great, if I could just have that <laughs> as my main boot drive, and then yeah, and use the SSD as like a media cache drive for doing Premiere and After Effects. So, yeah, yeah, but to be honest the performance gain i'll get out of that i don't do professional work at home yeah apart from youtube which you can quote say professional if you really wanted to um i don't need it so i was just like now nah, i'm yeah. not too bothered
0: yeah, for sure. It's um. So this has been building a PC with Zuby. I've got work <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> so we've done golf now, with Zuby,
1: building a PC yes, with Zuby.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's, um. I mean, I, I'm in IT. I, I know a lot of the tech, though. I will say lately um, I'm not too much into desktops as much as I used to be because mm. I don't do that on a day-to-day basis. I'm doing all the enterprise-level, you know, storage and sans and networking no, stuff. So, it's i can still kind of talk my way around desktops but i definitely don't know a lot of the a, a lot of the new um stuff coming out for it i still understand the technology of it though so. yeah no that's understandable i it's, mean um, for me
1: I, I kind of as soon as the computer's built i'm not too bothered by it anymore but yeah, when i'm starting sure. to like look and see what i actually want to buy i research the hell out of everything i'm to just oh make sure yeah oh that, yeah where my money is going. I think it's for muffell like near everything. I have to make sure that where my money is going is not gonna be wasted.
0: Oh, for sure. I know exactly what you mean. It's um and and it's strange because when I was younger I didn't really care about that stuff. You know, like when when I built a computer, I would just go for whatever I could afford and all that stuff. But now that I'm older and I've got some more disposable income, it's like, I will research the hell out of something before I buy it, you know, because it's, I want to make sure I'm getting my money's worth. I don't want to have to do the pain and hassle of, you know, returning it or getting refunds and all that stuff. It's definitely, it's, um, yeah, it's, So you you probably understand what I mean when it comes to that.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, yeah, for for sure. I mean... I, it, was the, it was the same with most things to be perfectly honest technology wise I mean the television yeah. took me like three weeks to decide which one I was going to get and the only question I was asking myself was that, is the extra 150 quid worth it to go from f- 49 inch to a 55 inch because I'd researched everything else
0: De- definitely get that 55 inch yeah it was, it's, yeah, yeah
1: I got told my partner was just like oh for god's sake just get that 55 inch because you'll only moan if you yeah. and don't get it and I was like yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> no I, I finally picked up a TV no it wasn't last year I or was it last year? I don't remember now. Um, I finally picked up a 55 inch 4K TV, yeah. and um, glad I did because um, even though my kids watch it way more than I do, but it's it's just nice to sit down and watch, you know, a, a relatively big size TV because it's big for my living room. Mm. Um, if I were to go even bigger than 55 inch, I think it would be a little bit too big oh, no, to where sure. you you'd have to like sit in front of the TV in order to watch it because at least with the way my living room setup i can still sit to one on one of the side couches yeah. in the room and still watch it just fine yeah but, no, um, we've
1: got our little l-shaped sofa um with the tv in front and to be perfectly honest i mean i've got the it was the lg tv at the time that's 4k hdr compatible as well we had we had sky q so we were getting the 4k stuff coming in and netflix yeah. and i think amazon prime and we've got all that stuff to be perfectly honest hdr was, is far better experience for me than 4K has ever been I find oh, okay. that even, with, even at 1080p HDR images look better than the 4K it just, it's just the, what I've been watching yeah. anyway um, it, and that's that, that is quite nice for me because again I just like the fact that everything you can watch now Netflix and the internet speeds are fast enough for that to be streamed in 4K and you're just like oh, oh yeah, good
0: which is awesome um, the one thing I have to turn off on my new TV though and I hate it is the refresh rate the 120 hertz refresh
1: rate oh, okay
0: and i i can't stand it because it makes everything look fake and just <laughs> very un it's very jarring to me and it's um I, I can't do it like i have to stick with the 60 hertz refresh rate which you know if i was if if i'm gaming you know i don't mind the 120 hertz you know yeah. but it's I was just watching I was about to ask
1: that it's like oh it, if you it, found 120 hertz gaming more fun yeah. or less <laughs>
0: No, no, no. The, the, the gaming is fine, but when it comes to watching TV or movies, I have to mm-hmm. turn it off. It's it's too weird for me. I. I it's it distracts me because i'm i'm now paying attention to way the camera pans and the way they move and i'm just like i ah turn it off
1: oh uh, what you should, what, you, what should be really fun for watching television is that because i'm a professional video editor and my partner's a music teacher we can't if if something is either not cut to time or i can see what they you know if the editor's done something wrong we both point it out and it's just yeah. kind of wrecks television watching sometimes <laughs> it's quite oh it's dude. quite amusing so you like we were watching the masters yesterday we, we put on the BBC coverage um, and it's just like we started watching the opener and it's like that's not cut to time that's not cut to time that's not cut to time it's just like uh... oh no
0: I, I know exactly what you mean I mean for, for me to relate to that it would be medical uh, TV shows since I work in healthcare mm-hmm. um, and you see, you see these shows where the doctor does so much of you know taking care of the patient and does all these tests with oh, them yeah, and yeah. I'm just like in real life doctors would just see the patient for like five seconds and be like all right order these tests done no that they wouldn't go in and actually do an mri scan with the patient no, it's like yeah. no that would never happen in a million years and, and then the the best is when you see the doctors controlling the mri computer i'm like no they're they're specialized schooling just to control those computers that's yep. not yeah. taught that's <laughs> not taught in um You know medical school for doctors no not at all (laughs) and and you have to also be certified by the state um i I don't know what it's like over in england but you have to be certified by each individual state to just control an mri machine
1: i'm pretty sure if you're done by the uk you'd be fine anywhere in the uk but yeah it's it's a similar side a similar kind of thing i mean let's face it the uk is probably the size of one of your states so it's all good
0: yeah yeah Damn it, just florida dude florida is so big um no but i was actually talking to matt that one day i'm gonna have to fly over there to the uk and be a part of one of your collab videos that would be, just, that'd be awesome it's i don't know how i'm gonna make it work i'll just have to tell <laughs> my wife be like hey i gotta go to england
1: and see you bye <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure that'll go down really well <laughs> oh of course
0: of course no she'd be like you're i'm going with you i'm like uh okay no, I mean, I, I, no, we want to travel and all that stuff. It's just with kids. It's, um.
1: Oh no, I completely understand.
0: It, it's a little bit hard. I mean, they're they're old enough to travel and all that, but then you're just looking at exorbitant cost, where it would just be instead of one plane ticket maybe costing five, six hundred dollars, you're looking at, you know, yeah. uh, four people. Then I'm like looking, oh great, two grand just for the plane ticket. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: that'd be really tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's just that's just life in general really now everything's just getting more and more expensive i mean for for, for us it's at the moment we're just trying to like save up to buy a to buy a house and just get finally onto that property ladder and you're just like oh my god with rent being so expensive how are you supposed to actually be able to do anything you know oh, you just dude, do nothing with your life for however many years to get there or just have a bit of fun and it's like well you need to still have a little bit of a life
0: yeah it's um i mean we got lucky when we bought our house where we um it's i mean i don't know how it is over in england but we qualified for down payment assistance from the county Okay. Um, and basically the county pays your down payment for you and if the only time you have to pay that back is if you sell the house before you pay the mortgage off yeah or if you die oh fair enough so
1: yeah and then, they have <laughs> Uh, they've got the government have certain schemes going on, but they're, again, they're not quite as helpful as that one.
0: Yeah, it's definitely for us. It's a county by county basis, and you and you can't be making over like six figures to be able to even qualify for that. So, <laughs> it's um, so it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty helpful, but yeah. for for us, it count every county differs. So, um, I mean, definitely help, but um, yeah, dude, it's owning a house is really nice. But the downsides to it is when something breaks, it's all it's, on yeah. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've already had quite a few adventures where one time um, our my, my wife started the washing machine and all of a sudden our master bathroom, the toilet and showers started f- overflowing. And we're like... What the hell's going on? So I scrambled and bought like a 50 foot snake to see if it's like something clogged in the pipes. And I'm doing all this YouTube research, Googling. And then I find a video um, on YouTube where there's a guy that just goes on his roof. Uh, puts a hose in one of his sewer pipes and says, "Yeah, just turn on the hose and it's gonna unclog your sewer pipes that you know relate to the house." So I'm like, "This is this sounds dumb enough it might work." <laughs> so I, I I get I get my ladder, climb up on the roof, put a hose in our sewer pipe that that's related to the or that's near where the washer washer and dryer are with our master bedroom, yeah. and turn on the hose and I see the I see the the master bathroom, the toilet and showers start to overflow again. And then it all of a sudden you just hear like a like a drain just starts happening. And I'm like, oh, my God, that worked. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> Probably YouTube, one of the, YouTube is like a savior of oh, everyone. Dude,
0: dude, if I had called a plumber out, they would have charged me like a thousand dollars and not be able to fix it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just. that is probably what thank god for youtube for especially when you're a house owner because there are people there you'll search for like the weirdest stuff will like break or you know or not work and then you'll be like well I don't want to call someone out obviously I want to save money and then there's someone on youtube they've had that same exact issue and show you how to fix it
1: no for sure I mean we had issues with the washing machine fairly recently and I was just like I couldn't couldn't, they got up the on the, on the actual screen, it was like, okay, it's the E20 error. And we're like, what the hell's the E20 error? And you go onto YouTube and someone's like, oh yeah, just do this and this and be fine. like, sweet. That saved me so much time apart from, you know, because I didn't want to go through a manual to try and figure out what was going on or whatever. It's just like, now YouTube it. Yeah. Or if ever, oh, yeah, like, yeah. even when you build a computer and you see an error message coming up on the bottom, you're like, oh, what's the problem now? And then you can just YouTube Yeah, exactly. That it. was oh, great.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, I actually had uh, and and this kind of is sad for me since i'm in it and i've built a lot of computers but the um the cooler that i bought for my wife's computer mm-hmm. dude i just could not figure how to get it um screwed onto the motherboard with with the way the i don't, I don't remember the bracket was yeah. aligned or whatever and so i'm just like all right let me, let me youtube it and then the guy just does something so simple and i'm and i'm overcomplicating it and i'm like Oh, I didn't even think of it that way.
1: <laughs> uh, welcome, yeah. welcome to the world.
0: Yeah. So, um, I guess getting back into a little bit of magic here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of your thoughts on Magic Arena so far?
1: Um, for, I'm assuming everybody's initial reaction was, "Hey, this is Hearthstone." Um, Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a it's a decent enough thing to copy because Hearthstone's done really, really well. Um, oh yeah. I would love to see. I'd love to see it on on mobile. I was I was hoping, but again, that'll probably happen once it actually start, actually finally releases. Um, yeah, I my, think so too. My only other bugbear with it, uh, apart from like the mana tapping system or whatever, was the fact that we only just. I mean, it was like what th- two weeks ago that we got all the Amonkhet block you we were only yeah. really working with rivals of excellence, or all you ever saw. And I think you pretty much at the moment it's still it's all you ever see is vampires. I mean, vampires are ridiculously strong. Just be- if they're, oh. they're the only sets you've got hold of, or you're only seeing the tribes, and you're like, you're not giving me the scope to really kind of expand and have a look through. But I do like, for me, who doesn't necessarily own all the cards or uh, haven't really done on Magic: The Gathering online. What's nice is I can. Slowly but surely earn enough packs to get and you know put decks together and have a bit of a game and that side of things is actually quite nice. My issues going to be from for me would be what happens then when say for example the game comes out. You're about five months down the line. There's a fair number of people have got most of the cards, and then a newbie comes in with like the basic starter decks. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, let's go and play, and they will just lose constantly because they don't have enough mythic so they don't have four sets of everything and the inconsistencies of that
0: yeah yeah i mean it's going to be the same problem that hearthstone faces right now i mean if a brand new player joins right now and tries to play rank constructed ladder they're gonna get absolutely wrecked mm. but um i i was just talking about this with um alec in uh the previous episode where at least with hearthstone w- with the way arena economy is right now and we don't know what changes they're going to make to it at least with hearthstone it's a lot easier to build a tier one deck compared to arena because you can spend like maybe fifty dollars in hearthstone and have a relatively good chance of building a tier one deck mm. um in arena right now um since you can't really craft cards the way you would in Hearthstone you have to get those wild cards yeah. um it takes a lot longer and potentially more money to create like a tier 1 deck in arena right yeah, now yeah i
1: mean I, I don't know why trading's not in it uh, that, does, Which is that, that, that baffles me a little bit
0: well I, probably the reason why is because they don't want it to be like magic online where it starts getting overrun by bots and you know third party yeah. companies cuz wizards wants all that money
1: yeah, I mean I kinda I kinda I under kind of understand that, but at the same time it's just like, okay, I want to be able to pick up, I don't know, try getting two rekindling phoenixes or something, yeah. just give that a go. But like you said, you'd either have to crack an obscene number of packs to get lucky enough to get yeah. one of those wild cards, or to actually open it up yourself and it's just I mean, the, I've done, I did the first week, I was like, okay, I'll go and do all of the, the daily and weekly rewards, and then yeah. after you've done that, it's like, okay, win a game, get a common.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh, dude, I was streaming Arena, and... Um, I had just won, like, a really hard-fought game. Yeah. I don't even remember what deck I was playing. And then the card that I got to claim was a Raptor Companion. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> After that game. Yeah,
1: it, that, that side of things just, made me <laughs> lo- it just makes me laugh so much.
0: It felt like a slap in the face, man. Like, here's a Raptor Companion for your troubles. <laughs> but to
1: be perfectly honest, in, in 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 Arena, it got to the point where I was, like, I was, playing, I was playing my Pirates. I was actually quite enjoying it. I was like, maybe this will make me want to actually build a pirates deck for actual real paper magic that's, that's yeah. the third sort of things i do like about arena is that i've got the options to do play that but i was like as soon as i came up against control i just concede and then carry on because i was just oh, like dude, not that's what i do too it.
0: it's yeah, it's um like I don't I usually don't mind playing control, but with arena and the beta beta testing we're doing, if I see a blue black land drop, I'm like okay, I'm just gonna quit because I don't feel like playing the whole counter spell game, and they're just gonna drop Scarab God and then I'm done.
1: Oh, it's it not even that. It was like oh look, I'm just gonna put this <laughs> stuff down. Ravenous Chupacabra, Ravenous Chupacabra. Yep. Ravenous. was like oh fine, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that, really- that's that's even more fuel beds i mean it was probably a bad mistake on my part but i mean again for a newer player coming in the auto tap lands um they don't i don't know if they've necessarily figured that algorithm out quite as well as it could be because they probably should look at your hand to see what other cards you can play because i've done sometimes where i've gone i've played a card down with auto one accidentally and i've gone oh i can't even cast this next card now
0: I. Same exact thing happened to me. Um, One of the other things that really screwed me up before I learned about the full control and, you know, putting stops in certain phases was um, where there'd be something where, you know, I'd be able to, um, what is it? counter like a spell or something that Mm. my opponent played but it wouldn't let me because of the auto tap lands or it just wouldn't let me resolve that trigger or anything like that and there's quite a there's a little bugs here and there one of the one of the other confusing things that I don't like right now is if you're playing with exert creatures it just and then you go to try to attack it has that two different arrows pointing yeah I mean for for just from a UI design perspective, that can be very confusing for players, no, especially. And there there have been times where I've clicked that exert arrow and it doesn't exert, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?"
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I can I can understand that. I think the what the other one that was slightly problematic again it's, it's it's going to be fixed eventually with the, with going through the beta testing was playing the uh blue white tokens deck where you could you know bring stuff back from the graveyard anointed procession oh yeah and i was like okay champion of wits comes down and then you start filling up your hand but as soon as your hand gets relatively full especially with the cards that sit kind of next to your hand and then you go, okay, I need to discard two cards. And it takes ages to be able to actually click on the damn card, because there's so many of them clogged up together, you never actually get to click the right one. And that was that was insanely frustrating. But I think, again, it will sort itself out eventually. And I feel sorry for the person that hasn't got auto been put on for this, is then when you have, say, for example, you have four Anointed Priests down, and then you bring on a token, again, with, say, for example, three Anointed Processions out... And it just brings yeah. up all of those life gain things. Some poor person's <laughs> got to click every single time for all of those yeah. triggers. That that
0: blue-white tokens life gain deck has made me really want to build that in paper. It looks
1: really fun. It, do, it, it really it does. does fun. The problem I would have is doing the maths to figure out how much life has been yeah, gained.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: But no, I and think oh, that, just, that would be so much fun. I mean, I remember bringing out... I did that, and I put... Uh, just because I didn't have that much... And many cards at the time i put a cartouche of knowledge down so i managed to get one of the adorned pouncers come back from the graveyard as a four forward double strike with that and then check the cartouche on that and that was just a flying beating machine it was amazing
0: yeah see this is why i wish um kaladesh was in uh magic arena because um what's that one artifact in kaladesh that you can pay like what 50 life and kill your opponent right away. Oh,
1: oh, Aether, Fl- Aether, no, Flux Aether, Flux R- yeah, Aether Flux, yeah. R- that would be, can you that imagine would be if fight. that
0: was in Arena right now? That blue white tokens life gain deck,
1: yeah. That would be, be pretty <laughs> brutal. Uh, I'm trying to think what else you could be want from. I mean, there's a fair few things like a pirate's deck would want carry Zev, you'd actually have a vehicles deck, which you don't really have at this moment in time, yeah. No. I mean, you probably get some better stuff going on again with your red aggro deck. I mean, that's probably still strong enough as it is, but... Yeah, it is. You know, you're missing out on a fair few Planeswalkers there as Malchandra's fantastic. You get a bit of fun with Dovin Barn. I mean, you might be able to do something. Who knows? You are missing out on a hell of a lot of decent cards there. And it disallows um, Aether Revolt, isn't it? Yeah, it
0: is. Walking Ballista, too. (sighs)
1: Because that's, again, I mean, playing... Going away from Arena slightly. He was playing these Challenger decks... I really, really like the Counter Surge deck because I was like, oh, plus one, plus one counters is a, is one of the first decks I ever played getting into magic. And to be perfectly honest, I had Archangel of Thune at the time, so that really did help. And that was just oh, and yeah. getting loads of counters. And I was just like, this is really good synergy in the like, way I was like playing it. The Counter Surge deck, I mean, you probably have to spend a little bit more to get it to work nicely. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go into Arena and see if I can build. Oh, never mind then. The only counters I can do is <laughs> play with Bloody Merfolk. And I was like, I don't want to play with Merfolk.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, No offense to the merfolk people out there, I know it's really popular, it's just it's not my tribe, it's definitely
1: I'm actually getting slightly fed up of tribes.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't mind tribes in standard, but I I was just talking to a buddy of mine Um, I've actually taken apart like three or four of my EDH decks because they were all tribal and I'm like I'm getting bored of playing tribal, like I had dinosaurs, dragons, elves goblins, and Vampires and I'm like oh, I'm bored of these. You no, i will be
1: very interested to see what they do for this year's Commander um, precons.
0: I'm definitely excited about them. Um, it's I I really liked last year's uh, Commander decks with the tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I just said I I'm getting bored of tribal and all that, I mean, but but from just out of the box, those decks were really really fun.
1: Yeah, because I remember of the box. 20, 2016 one, We obviously had. The counter one, which was just broken, um, yeah. Still, but those still, still broken. The, yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, what I found the, the the most confusing out of all of them was the the mana basis on them varied so much. Like one yeah. of the decks had Chromatic Lantern, yet the other ones didn't get it, and you're just like, that's a really strong card that you might want for like I don't know, four color commanders.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I I will say with Dominaria the the card that one of the cards on cards that I'm excited about the most is Muldratha the Grave Tide for okay. Commander. Do you to, know what that? Uh,
1: no, I'll quickly uh, have a quick look and see what that one is. Uh,
0: yeah. So yeah, I just want you to look it up because I'm definitely building this for Commander. It's a Saltai Commander.
1: Okay. Uh, right, multicolored people. The the thing that's slightly annoyed me a little bit i mean dominaria i never played the original kind of time when we got there um yeah there's so many legendary creatures i just don't know whether that'll end up making deck building worse or they've just done it purely for going right we're gonna make a new format called brawl this is how we're gonna sell it
0: (laughs) well i think they because kamigawa had a legendary matters um theme as well okay and um so I think that's sort of the angle they were trying to do, like try to actually make it work, but yeah. be better. Um, I mean, I can definitely see, uh, y- you can definitely see they made a lot of legendary creatures just for Brawl as well. Oh, God, yeah. But um, it's, it, and yeah, you're right, like how is this going to affect deck building, I guess, Um we're just gonna have to wait and find out. It's I know the one deck that I want to build really bad in Standard when this comes out is Wizard Tribal Control. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty Since, sure
1: everybody's gonna be wanting that Wizard's deck.
0: Yeah, that with Counter Spell and Lightning Bolt being able to be in Standard, hell yeah, sign me up. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you look at Muldrotha, I've just um, yeah, I've just
1: spotted it. During yeah, each of during, your turns, you may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard. Oh.
0: Dude, that's insane. So say <laughs> you ult a Planeswalker, like, oh, I'm just going to play it again next turn. Yeah. No,
1: that's, that, seems, <laughs> or, that seems fine.
0: Um, th- that that one's going to be really good for sagas as well, too. Yeah. Where you, know, you have a really good saga that comes out into play, and then it goes away, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to make it come back now. Yeah, you know?
1: no, I'd be interested to see how the sagas end up playing out and what they're yeah. actually letting you have for removal for them.
0: I mean, there already is a lot of enchantment removal in standard right now from Kaladesh block. Oh, that okay. is, they clan- and and, and, th- and then um, fine. and then some Almanket uh enchantment hate as well too. Ixalan has a little bit, mm-hmm. not as much, but I love um. That may-
1: dinosaur's is going to be very, very uh appearing quite a lot in those dino decks. The um, oh the uh,
0: territorial uh, Allosaur
1: uh the, something along those lines, that and you've got horn oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff from Almanket and. Stuff that's gonna I actually wonder how that would work. What? No, actually, what am I talking about? Um, Mango was for artifacts coming in tapped. It wouldn't be enchantments yeah. coming in tapped because that would be silly. Um, but I mean, yeah, some some of the Enchantments... I do like the vertical artwork. That's the one part of sagas. I do yeah, like.
0: yeah, that I I really like that too. It's um a nice little card frame, and um it, it's one of the times where they've changed the card frame that I really like because I did not like the look of the the omniket ones the what like the spring to mine or oh god um, yeah the the, yeah, the two it,
1: the split cards they Yeah the split no. cards
0: it's the, I mean and the thing that I didn't like about them is the artwork you you can barely see the artwork you have to really really look at the card mm-hmm. um to really see the finer details I'm of I'm surprised
1: those. they just didn't become double sided cards to be perfectly honest and Yeah you just, when you go to the graveyard you flip it I
0: mean, even the other split cards from the Ravnica set, those are better looking, um, you know, the side-to-side side instead of the top-to-bottom yeah, like ones. Yeah, I like Fire and Ice and that. Yeah. Um, so Dominaria itself, like, I have not been this excited about a set. And I, I know you mentioned before that you weren't really around Dominaria. Um, so as you probably know, I've been around since Urza's mm. Urza Saga. And so going back to this set is like, coming back home yeah in a sense. i'm just hoping it,
1: i'm just hoping again for a lot of people because they've obviously put this pressure onto it and it's 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 slightly reminding me of oh look tiger woods is back at the masters after all these injuries, yeah. and it's just over <laughs> over and over hyped and then they actually start playing and going "Oh, this isn't quite as good as i remember it and i hope that's not going to be the case because i
0: really hope not too i mean there's but they're printing a lot of powerful cards right now in standard I mean, for for, this for me,
1: again, going for looking at a cube side of things, legendary creatures don't bother me in the slightest because hey, we're a yeah. format, why not? Um, but for deck building wise, it does it kind of puts me off a tiny little bit because it's like you know, there was the uh, was just having a look at the card now that I remember looking at in spoilers beforehand was uh, Denetha. Uh, Kat- oh come on, they're going to absolutely butcher this name. Uh, I think it's Denitha Capuchin Paragon, so it's the one that's the, the two and a white for a two-two first strike vigilance life link and aura and equipment spells you cast cost one less to cast. That's yeah. really really fun to have as a deck type. The problem is I'd want more than one of her on the board.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. It'd be um, it it it'd almost be funny if they printed like an artifact card or something, sent, going along the lines of all legendary creature. You know, they they basically get rid of the legendary rule, yeah. Where you can play more than one. I I know there is a um card like that somewhere. I don't know if it's an artifact, but um, it's like it, maybe it is an artifact where the legendary rule doesn't matter and you can play more than one of. Yeah.
1: I mean, it'd be interesting to see what how the brute brew, uh, bring things are going to happen. And this is one of the yeah. times of kind of because I didn't buy, I bought um, a, you know, a little bit of product from Rivals of Ixalan, but. I didn't do too yeah. much of it i mean i got thankfully when i went, went to do the gp um I got i got managed to you know get a box from there
0: but yeah
1: you know i haven't been like a, oh, i really need to buy more products like masters 25 i just bought the, the, the common cards i wanted iconic masters yep. i might have bought one two booster packs of it and then again just the common cards i wanted from i haven't really been that excited about actually getting in and you know buying a load of cards but actually to be honest i would quite like to see what dominaria does for that and maybe brawl will be quite interesting for me and matt to do a gameplay video of and maybe that would oh, be, yeah, sure. be a format yeah that, you know might get some traction but i don't know whether they've just gone brawl to sell unwanted cards that no one's actually picking you know like all of the janky stuff that you'd have folders yeah. and folders of you know rares or whatever from the previous sets go oh now we could get them off the shelves because they need them for this special format. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I haven't even really looked into it. Is it basically commander, but only standard it, and smaller deck sizes?
0: Yeah, it, it's basically commander with 60 cards, singleton, but only the stand the current legal standard sets.
1: Right, okay. I'm assuming which, you start off which with it'll be life. fun. Did you start off with 40 or 30? 30. Okay. And again, it's completely multiplayer, loads of people, or is it a one-on-one
0: uh, it it can be both one on one or multiplayer.
1: Okay, again, if, if you have a play group, then fantastic. Uh, just need to where I am the LGS. Well, I think I'm closer to Wizards headquarters than I am to a local gaming store, which is. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's sad. Yeah, I mean, I've got to find something at some point in time because I could quite like to, they you know, play. I mean, Matt's offered to go, would me to go to the pre-release up, at his in the, at his neck of the woods to go and do that because i mean the previous time i've ever yeah. been up into been a, a game store was one that I went to for game day and got told why the hell why, why are you even bothering coming here your deck's crap and there's pointless playing and it's like okay oh, thanks for that <laughs> i
0: just yeah, want to have a little bit of
1: fun you know play some magic you know it's what you guys are here for right
0: dude and and that's one of the hardest things to find as a good especially a good gaming store i mean yeah with with two of the gaming stores around me closed that closed Mm. and that, that really, really sucked because that means like two good places were gone. What there is fortunately another gaming store here that just recently opened and they have basically embraced the magic community with open arms. And the owner is a really nice guy and he's all about family. He's all about family, which is really cool. Um, and like he's one of those where if you're going to be an asshole he's going to kick you out immediately. No that, that's good you know? to hear because
1: I mean let's be let's face it magic over the I think over the recent history has not got the best light.
0: No um, and,
1: and that, that I mean, also joined with time where I was getting burnt out I was like is magic really a game I want to be making content for? Exactly. The questions exactly. Like that were even coming up for me because it's just like I don't go and play that often competitive yeah. magic for me was just like no don't enjoy it in the slightest when people yeah good people obviously you go i mean it's different it, it's not that i'm not i'm not that i'm good at the game i don't have a problem being absolutely pants at this game because i don't, I don't <laughs> play very much and it's a completely yeah. different when i played golf i knew i was on, a, on an even playing field even with handicap systems and all that kind of stuff but it was when you never got when you're playing golf you may have like the one or two people who were like yeah i'm like a professional player even though they were off like 12 and you're like yeah i'm really good and he's like well, okay mate on. <laughs> um, but no honestly when i went to when i went to like the gp i was like oh my god it's like 70 percent of the people here all think they're like pro level players and this isn't quite yeah right,
0: it's yeah it's um especially when you're in comp rel events you meet a lot of those people who like you just said who think they're better than they actually are. And it, it gets really it get it's it's a big turn off because sometimes I mean I guess when you go to a GP you know you're expecting that high level of play yeah. but like when you just want to go to an FNM and you're at a brand new shop you don't really know people and everybody's acting like it's the finals of the pro tour and you're just like okay Guys, I, I just, I just came to, here for yeah. fun. I just wanted yeah. to meet
1: some people, make a couple friends, maybe add some people to yeah. a play group you know I can play some magic with regularly. Yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly and and I'm sure you've been to some of those game shops where and I know I especially have where you just go in um, one that the first thing you notice is how messy it may be or you know yeah that was the second thing <laughs> is you normally notice the smell and then and I, god it's see, that's what i understand with some people like i said i don't know what it's like over in the uk but there have been some shops i go to and people are just literally straight up dirty <laughs> they just come in to play magic i'm like like they may have just gotten off a construction job, yeah, or yeah, yeah. or or literally they just don't <laughs> bathe, and you're just like, how can you show up to a public place and not at least wash your hands? Uh, you know, what was it?
1: What was it for, was it for or, me? Or put deodorant
0: on? It was um,
1: <laughs> like for me, and my partner, we we got when we got away, we've been to like Liverpool, or other places like that for like maybe holiday, like a little trip. She took me to the Open last year, so we got to watch yeah. the golf there and went around Liverpool, and it's like you walk into like Forbidden Planet, and she's just like can we get out please this place smells and like you, it's like <laughs> but yeah she'll be quite happy to go into like Games Workshop for me to pick up like the newest White Dwarf or something because she's like it's a nice genuinely nice environment where they're not just like yeah. looking at you know a girl going through the door and going oh my god oh it's a girl.
0: my god it's a girl, it's a girl. <laughs> what?
1: what is this um but no, I think that's what that because you know that that game store environment did put me off a little bit, and that's why I started playing oh, yeah. Warhammer again. I was like, I'm enjoying painting, enjoying, you know, putting the models together. I kind of unfortunately buy too many first, and then go, oh crap, I've got all this like army of grey plastic to paint now. But um, <laughs> I just found that I mean, because where I live now, the Games Workshop's more of a more of a bigger community here. They've got a Games Workshop down yeah. the road. They've got our gaming club which I think does a little bit of magic, but they tend to play a lot more variety of board games. Again, it's something I will have to explore at some point in time. Um, But for me, I'm just trying to get some models together to go and try out Games Workshop and just have a good time and meet some people. But the fact that Matt's 15 15 miles down the road and I can play some paper magic and we can just, you know... Not always record everything, but just have a little bit of a laugh, play some cube, uh, whinge Heck about yeah. YouTube and how bad everything is being over here in the UK compared to America, and not getting the help or you know all this other kind of stuff. It's just to kind of have a bit of a laugh about it. Um, I mean, we have we kind of despair a little bit with how like some people getting preferential treatment. Again, I'm not going to be naming any names. Um, yeah, but you're just like, what have we got to do? I mean, like, seriously, like, for getting a, like, you, you know, like you said, you've got hold of your Dominaria preview card, which is fantastic. The amount of hours and effort that you've put into your podcast to actually get one of those, its like, hey, they finally kind of, you know, noticed me and gone, hey, you, you know, I'm good enough yeah. to have a preview card. And then you see some other people that have got preview cards, and you're just like, seriously, what have we got to do? Like, seriously? Oh,
0: no, I know exactly what you mean. Like I said earlier in the in the cast, um, you know, there will be someone, you you know you've worked really hard to get where, where you're at in youtube and then someone brand new shows yeah. up and gets like 10,000 subscribers immediately within a month yeah. and you know has all these views and it's just like what did i do wrong like what, <laughs> for, 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 not exactly what did you do wrong but it's like yeah. wh- or how <laughs> yeah
1: and i mean like you know I, I was watching other content for say for example you got play you know paper magic gameplay stuff and you're and other bits and pieces of like that and it's like. How how have they got so many views doing this? What what what? And then I'm looking at you know how much effort I put into certain videos on a similar topic. Or, yeah. You know, I'm hoping these gameplay videos take off because it's something that I quite I'm um, we're quite enjoying putting together. And I think they actually yeah
0: they're, 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 they're engaging, a lot of fun.
1: which is what I was trying to hope for anyway. But then you look at some other content, you're just like, you know, or or you end up again to the other point in time where Wizards of the Coast are getting I would say political correctness has gone too far and they're actually then pandering to everybody and you're actually discriminating against the you know against the actual people that end up playing the game like for example I mean it's just the world anyway but what I quite liked was going into like recent movies was Black Panther wasn't necessarily the best movie of all time that everybody keeps claiming but I liked the fact you could have a strong male character and a strong female character on the screen at the same time and it was just like yes this is what it should be like all the time. You shouldn't have I to... I still
0: need to see that movie. Oh,
1: it's fantastic. And compared to what did they did to Star Wars, where basically, for, for me, male characters were just like thrown down, put down, and just being like, you are completely useless, compared to the female oh, characters. Oh, who, you mean like we, Last Jedi? Oh, God, yeah. I, oh, just felt, God. I just felt like the male characters were just put down constantly throughout that entire thing it's like you guys are useless and the part the part the point where finn i never liked the character but the, as soon as he was about to do something good he was about to like oh well i, I don't know what i'm doing in this world but i'm going to try and do my best sacrifice myself for, for everybody to do the same thing yeah. it's like nope, you're not even allowed to do that
0: no oh because dude, of life I, I was <laughs> i was so mad during that scene so So I I saw last Jedi opening day and I love star Wars. Like I I love the original trilogy and yes, I even like the prequels, um, which, which is sad that you have to be a prequel apologist nowadays. Um, where, and I, and I've read a lot of the books, um, you know, Knights of the old Republic books and the games and, you know, even stuff and and stuff past the original trilogy before these new movies. Um, so when I I loved Force Awakens, mm-hmm. um, and I actually and I really like the character of Finn. My problem with Finn in Last Jedi is he didn't he didn't evolve as a character. He was the same exact person yeah. than he was in Episode Seven, and he didn't change one bit. Ray did actually change yeah. in Episode Eight. Um, so my favorite parts of Episode Eight were the Ray Kylo and Luke parts even though i saw some complaints with it i mean those were probably the most enjoyable parts yeah everything else in terms of rose finn and whoever the hell else i could not stand Uh, it was just it was so boring the one moment Um,
1: of the film that literally killed it for me took me out of the moment i was just like i know this film's gonna be bad from now on was leia casually force walking herself back in from space into the ship he's just like go away
0: yeah, and I and I'll be I'll be honest here. When I first saw that, I started to get a little teary eyed because you know Carrie Fisher, yeah. God rest her soul, you know, and I thought maybe that was their way of sending her off, yes. you know, yeah. in terms of. And then, and then you just see her do, you know, Carrie Poppins, <laughs> and I'm like, it completely <laughs> took me. At, and and I was with my buddy, and both of us looked at each other and were audibly said, "What the yeah, fuck I was remember, that?" I was pretty sure we just did, we did that as well. It was just like. <laughs>
1: oh come
0: on yeah it, and there the yeah you already mentioned the rose and finn part where rose saved his yeah. life and was like you can't fight what you hate you got to protect what you love or whatever the hell she uh, said i'm like i, I, I wanted to puke that was that was disney I, I, doing disney i wanted things. to puke so bad i love and then, I love disney
1: but the, that that was the point in time you go yes please just stay out of it yes
0: yeah, and, and then the other part was when poe um, I think right right when Luke was walking out to face Kylo, Poe was like, we are the light of the flame of the hope of the galaxy or whatever shit. I wanted to puke again. like.
1: Bleh. I just I just found it. it yeah. And they, they were like, I felt a bit bad for Snoke. He's like built up to be this great and made like bad guy or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, mate, was that it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But um, yeah, it's, it, I think that one of the worst things last Jedi did for me was I'm not even excited about episode nine. Now no. it's, I I mean, I know I'm still going to go see it, but now I'm like, there's no hype for it at all because episode seven ended on a really good cliffhanger. And then of course the beginning of episode eight, they just sort of slapped you in the face as soon as, you know, Luke grabs the light, wa- the lightsaber. Um, yeah. But it was just, I I have, like I'm not excited about episode nine, and you already know what's gonna happen. I was really hoping they were gonna take it into a different direction where Ray joins Kylo, and then maybe in episode nine she redeems herself and goes back to the good side. You yeah, know, like they
1: could have done, done something a little bit more than just oh yeah. look, this has happened, cool.
0: And it's good versus evil again. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing exciting. I do and, quite find Kylo yeah.
1: Ren's temper tantrums hilarious. i actually
0: like him as a character um he he's probably one of my favorite ones him and ray are definitely my favorites in this new new trilogy um finn was one of my favorites but after episode eight Uh, i don't give two craps about him
1: i didn't didn't care about him in the first place to be perfectly honest um (laughs) but yeah i mean like you know poe dameron was just like you're gonna be put down you're just like some fly boy or whatever and then he actually kind of Sorts himself out a little bit by the end, and I just kind of went. And then they went to the point in time where they were like, The Force isn't about moving stones, and then guess what she does at the end to save her everybody? It's just <laughs> like, Oh, come on,
0: yeah, um, yeah, probably one of the best parts of that movie was Yoda showing up, and it was, um, it that got me a little teary eyed, and I'm just like, Oh my god, it's Yoda, yeah, and all that stuff, and but I mean. Like I said, I, I have no interest in even seeing the Han Solo movie. Oh, God, no. That's coming out next month. Um, no desire. I'm probably going to find it on the side of the street. I mean, and like,
1: what? Rogue One. I kind of went, okay, let's have a go and see, you know, because I enjoyed Star Wars. Went to go and watch it. it We're just, like like you said, it's just like, eh?
0: I fell asleep during that movie, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I, I must have dozed off for like maybe five minutes. I don't blame you because it
1: just it got to the point where it was just like, oh, let's save the galaxy i don't trust you well, and then it was just like and then there was just one guy having a temper tantrum because he wasn't powerful enough
0: yeah dude it was the movie started getting good when they finally landed on that beach planet to actually get yeah. the plans for the death star but everything before that oh it was so boring i'm like like i'm literally bored to tears and, I, and i've never been bored during a star wars movie before no. so that was a first for me
1: <laughs> no, i think i think for, for me i'm not that again i like enjoyed my star wars but i think for, for for me getting the same similar response that you've you've had there was when um you know enjoying you know, in star wars was lord of the Rings series absolutely yeah. loved those i was obsessed for god knows how long and it was the point in time where you knew when you got to the end of the final hobbit film and was just like getting sad because there was never going to be another film in middle earth and that just for me one oh, well, just no. killed me
0: well no no you know they're making a lord of the rings tv yeah, I, show I know, now, now right they are, but at the time just and like, i'm so so like oh my god dear god please no don't
1: it, it depends <laughs> on what they're going to do i was waiting for someone to try and do stuff with a Cimmerillion. i've been waiting again the, the, the you know the short stories and all the other kind of stuff i'm just going eh. as long as they don't put it in the in the actual time frame that either the hobbit happened or the lord of the rings happened maybe the gap between you might be that, okay. That's what I'm
0: thinking, too. It's going to be the gap between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. But even then, <sighs> I mean, it's going to be boring. You already know what's going to happen. I mean, at least for people like us who've read all the books, yeah. it's like, oh, I mean, the oh this, this is anyway. bad.
1: I mean, let's face it. The Hobbit getting the bloody Pale Orc and on oh, you're just like, I come I really?
0: I mean, I can make the separation between The Hobbit books and movie. Yeah, And I enjoy The Hobbit movies for the movies they are um even though i have a lot of problems with what they've done with the source material Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of parts i don't like but i can enjoy them as movies though
1: i mean for lord of the lord of the rings okay yes you've missed out some rather key parts which i think would have been nice to have seen the hobbit rebellion at the end was one of my favorite parts of return of the king in the actual reading the book and you're just like uh The only time we ever saw it was in Lady Galadriel's water, park, yep. and you are just like, "Really? That would have been so cool."
0: Well, and Peter Jackson made a really good case against it because you already had one climax, and you're already going to be emotionally drained from it. You know, then you're going to add, tack on another thirty minutes to the end of the film, which he did anyway. This, <laughs> I, I know, I know, but but it, it makes sense from a movie standpoint yeah. to where you can't have two climaxes to a movie, you know,
1: I, I kind of get that. I just kind of, I don't know the, the the end. As soon as Aragorn gets crowned, I turn the film off
0: that for me. That's oh no, it's, I got to see gray Havens and then uh, cry my eyes out.
1: I mean, that, the, the <laughs> number of times I've watched that film that, that that's, I've mean, yeah. watched it maybe like two times, three times every year extended versions, because I just, I just really love those films. But
0: Oh yeah, you can't watch theatrical versions, they don't exist to me.
1: <laughs> but yeah, even then, Aragorn gets ground, done, I'm done now. We all know Sam gets married, it's fine. And then you yeah. know, Frodo has a hissy fit, because he's like, I'm so sad, I'm so runery, and then, you know, <laughs> off he goes with Bill Hey, he's,
0: he's not just sad, it's that the pain of the One Ring is never going to leave him while he remains there, because, well, pl- plus they never really go in it in the movie but also the pain from getting stabbed from the witch king yeah. too is always going to be there for him so but yeah and then, then you i mean missed they, they do a better job explaining that in the books but not the movie so much yeah
1: i think that um the other part i would have liked to sin big might have seen, it made it would have made the first film like obscenely long or they'd have to have it into four would have been the barrow downs and then tom bombadil i think that would have been quite a cool character to add in but again
0: yeah i think um I I can agree with them not putting in Tom Bombadil because, let's be honest, he's a crazy character. (laughs) And can you just imagine him suddenly showing up on screen? But the Barrow Downs would have been a really cool scene to see in Fellowship.
1: I would would think, that for me, that would have been really nice to see. And that's what made me enjoy playing Lord of the Rings Online when that that came out, was being able to relive the story. Exactly, yeah. But no, I mean, Lord of the Rings is still going to be one of my favorite films of all time. Is definitely oh yeah, my for
0: sure, end. for sure. It's probably um my second favorite trilogy. Okay. Um, Godfather will always remain number one for me.
1: Are you including number three in that?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I just recently watched through the movies, and um, yeah, I, I understand Godfather Three is nowhere near as good as one and two, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still a nice end to the the series of the Corleone Corleone family. Um, But so I guess to wrap things up here um, with movies with Zuby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, man, um, I just want to thank you for coming on here. No, it's been a pleasure. Um, Really had fun talking magic and golf and computers and especially Lord of the Rings, obviously. And A little bit of star wars in there so um before we go here um go ahead and plug yourself uh you know where can people find you and all that stuff so
1: yeah no everybody can find me either on twitter facebook and youtube if you just literally search for life begins at 20 you'll be able to find me on there most of the time i end up finding you find more of the stuff actually happening on twitter rather than facebook i need to be a little bit better with my social media i'm not gonna lie But most of the time, you'll be able to find me on Twitter. You'll be able to interact with me there. And I'm always answering every single comment on YouTube as well. So if you have any questions about anything cube-related or anything that I've actually done, please feel free to email me or to just send messages on YouTube because I will respond to them.
0: All right, awesome. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on, man. And, um, yeah, have a good day. No worries.
1: Thank you very much. Right, we'll hit the lovely spacebar. Oops, nope.